This is Biz. I'm a part-time working mom with a preschooler and a full-blown kid. And I'm Teresa. I have a family business, two kids under six, and a baby on the way. This is a show about life after giving life. Don't listen with your kids, because there will be swears. This is One Bad Mother. This week on One Bad Mother, Do You Like Me? Plus, Biz says bye to the bottle, Teresa says hello to the bottle, and we talk to Kira Butler, senior editor at Mother Jones, about the silence surrounding birth-related injuries. Guys, the woo was in my heart, really loud and proud in my heart, but <laughs> there's a baby here again. Yeah. And Teresa and I are using our loud but quiet voices. Yes. <laughs> where I'm I'm coming in from the diaphragm, but I'm trying to keep it in control. <laughs> We're going to see how many times I can make baby Curtis hold his hands up. Yeah. Like, and that sleep As a reflex. Like the yeah. reflex of like, ah, yeah. stop. Sound. Sound. I heard a sound. It's a sound. We need to check in with all of you guys and say, Thank you so much for your support of One Bad Mother and Max Fun uh, during the Max Fun Drive. It is over, <laughs> and we are just so thankful. Uh, for all your support, whether you uh, donated for the first time, whether you upgraded, whether you maintained your membership, whether you got out there and did some tweeting and some Facebooking and talking on social media, it all made a difference and we really appreciate it. Thank you guys so much. Yeah. And uh, thanks to you, we... Uh we're still making this show. Yep. Uh, we're still planning on showing up for you week after week. <laughs> <laughs> Teresa, how are you? Uh, I'm pretty good. I have the baby here again with me this week. Can we week. just, let's just do, we haven't done this in a while. Okay. And I feel a lot of things have changed. Mm-hmm. So let's do a quick check-in. Like, who am I? Who, who are you? Just house? real quick. Yeah. Sure. Um, so let's see. Um, I... <laughs> Can't remember how many children Don't I have at this happening. point in time. Don't know who I am <laughs> or where I am. <laughs> I have a <clears throat> eight-week-old baby named Curtis. One. Sometimes I call him Frankie, so don't get confused <laughs> if accidentally I say Frankie. Um, his middle name is Francis. Uh, I've got Oscar. He is three. That's number two. And I've got <laughs> Grace, who is five and a half. That's number three. And then I have a husband. That's four. I don't remember his name anymore. Whatever. He shows up. He but makes he's, food. He's kind of tall. He yeah. has a big beard. He's great. Yeah. He's, he's real sweet. Doing a good job. Yeah. He's doing a good job. And then I have two dogs still. They're I there. Still They're still there. They're still there. Yeah. And they, they bark a lot. They do. It's really hard. <laughs> okay. Now, how are you? <laughs> now that we've gone through all that, I feel less good. Yeah. <laughs> Would you like me just to remind you in public the burdens of which uh, you bear daily? Yeah, exactly. I mean miracles. Go ahead. No, I'm I'm good. I I was hoping slash planning to leave Curtis at home with um, his older brother Oscar and our babysitter today um, because it was really fun and special having him here last yeah. week. Blah blah blah, but. It's kind of nice to like be also able be to away. like really be here, yeah. like really be able to do the show and like have my head in the game. Sure. That was kind of my plan going into this week was that like, okay, that was fun last week, but this week I'm going to leave Bring- him with the babysitter and Oscar. Um, so I got to find a time to pump before that. Right. So that I can leave some breast milk for him. Sure. But 
I'm I'm not in like the the pumping zone. Like I pumped like once or twice when my milk was like first coming in, but right. I'm not, I don't have like you haven't a set up the regular. Setup. Right. I'm not like regularly pumping at any given time, and just like no time presented itself. Like I don't sure. know what to say. Like he's always either eating or he's like sleeping on me. Right. And there just aren't like those moments just don't appear. That's right. Like, it, I really don't know when I would like. I I had this in my mind as of like. I probably could have started a few days earlier, like, working towards it. But, like, as of yesterday morning, I'm like, sometime today, I'm going to find that time to pump right. so that there's a bottle for tomorrow. It just never happened, no. guys. So here we are. And um, I'm actually, I was, like, thinking about it this morning, and I was like, okay, if for the next, like, few weeks anyway, he's only, he only needs, like, one bottle a week while I'm at the show yeah. like I'm gonna try formula yeah why because not because why not yeah because why not you know yeah I'm with you because you know who cares nobody nobody, nobody gives a shit how yeah. you're feeding that baby I know. just that you're feeding that baby exactly and why not try it yeah try it early I, he might not even take it but yeah, I but, but there's no harm right in trying it so I'm going to try it you should try so it we'll see what happens let's see that. what happens yeah all right Good. How are you? I'm good. I, uh, just for his catch-up, uh, there's Ellis, who's three and a half-ish, somewhere in there. Somewhere <laughs> in the threes. Yeah. Doing the things that three-year-olds do. Oh, yes. Uh, and there's Katie Bell, who is seven, and doing the things that seven-year-olds do. Uh-huh. And there's Stefan, doing the things that Stefan does. <laughs> Just enjoying oh lots God. of stuff. Okay, wait, sorry. I have to interject because I was expecting you to say doing the things that husbands do oh. or doing the things that partners do, but it's not. It's just no. doing the things, things that, that Stefan does. does. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. It's Devin. Uh, and uh, I'm not sure Stefan's going to like any of this today. Uh, and uh, I, don't, I don't think I'm being a jerk, but maybe I am. You're not. Good. No, it's uh, cool. And there's me, and there's two cats, and then a number of things. Maybe still alive in the fish tank. Luke right. Skywalker passed a while ago, guys. Uh, and now there's just multi. So we were down to just one fish. Okay. And a lot of other oh. things living there. Oh. Uh, but whatever. I don't care. Uh, and uh, I'm doing well. So Ellis, as many of you know, we used to give Ellis a, a bottle very for a very long time. We would do one bottle of milk first thing in the morning we woke up because it we needed that time to yeah. continue to be half asleep. Right. And it was awesome snuggle time with Ellis, mm-hmm. who, even though he's a snuggler, he's also a lot. So any kind of still time was great. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he liked it. And I just was like, I don't, I don't give a shit. I, I just don't care how long we give this bottle to this kid. Yeah, because it's, like, helpful. It's helpful. Yeah. And he likes it. And one day he won't take it. And, like, over the last, like, couple, uh, it's always one of those things you kind of wrestle with. Like, mm-hmm. how long should I let him? You know? Because mm-hmm. there's, like, somewhere, sometimes somebody wrote in a book or said out loud, that's too long. Right? right. At some yeah. point in time. Yeah. Whatever. That, and that. Whatever that time was, they said two, one and a half, two and a half, mm. three, eight, whatever. There's a number somewhere, <laughs> and it fluctuates, guys. But mm-hmm. whichever number you heard is the one that you're clearly going to stick on to. Right. But I really stopped giving a shit about that. Uh, for a while, though, we would say to Ellis, okay, you know, we should start thinking about, you know, when you're ready, we'll stop having it. We'll do this instead. This is what morning will be like if mm. we don't do that. Because it was starting to be this thing as he started to sleep later, really threw the whole day off because, like, he wouldn't have breakfast because he was full of milk. Mm-hmm. And, like, this was kind of weird. Anyway, 
out of the blue, he just says, like two weeks ago, he says, uh, this will be my last day with the bottle, and then I'm going to throw it away. And we were like, uh, okay, that's, that's fine. Mm-hmm. And he finished his bottle, and he walked over, and he threw it away in the trash. Mm-hmm. And when he wasn't looking, Stefan and I pulled it back out uh-huh. uh, to hide it, because, yeah. we, because we, I don't know why, we were very sentimental about this bottle. Oh, uh-huh. And then the next morning, he woke up, he was like, oh, yeah, I threw it away. And like we've just and that was it. That was it, guys. <laughs> there was Whoa. there was nothing. Whoa. There was nothing. He just was like, I'm totally done. And I was like, huh, look at that thing that sometimes people tell you will happen yeah. if you just let them do it on their own time and give them a supportive environment to do yeah. it. And and then don't make a big deal about it. Yeah. He just did it. That's and like so cool. he's now closer to the full blown kid side of things because right. he just like sleeps, he wakes up and gets dressed and has his breakfast and there's right. not this other weird thing. Anyway. It was great. Great job. Uh, thank you. So I just cool. felt like that was a really cool big milestone. Though Steph and I both were like, oh, yeah. baby yeah. is gone. <laughs> That's okay. We got fish. Uh, anyway, speaking of things being gone, you know what's probably not gone is our anxiety and hangups about friends for ourselves in school settings. <laughs> Please take a moment to remember, if you're friends of the hosts of One Bad Mother, you should assume that when we talk about other moms, we're talking about you. If you are married to the host of One Bad Mother, we definitely are talking about you. Nothing we say constitutes professional parenting advice. Ms. and Teresa's children are brilliant, lovely, and exceedingly extraordinary. Nothing said on this podcast about them implies otherwise. Teresa, Mm -hmm. while you were gone... I had some discussions with some co-hosts mm-hmm. <laughs> about uh, liking our kids' friends. Mm, yeah. uh, we also talked about uh, what if other kids don't like your kids mm-hmm. or there's problems with that. Let's expand that. Let's let's delve into that. Let's make, let's make it a three-part series yeah. or something, uh, maybe a four-part series. But yeah. today, in part three, uh, why don't we look at how we feel about being liked by other parents in the school setting. And I'm just going to pose this question to you. How important is it that people like like you? Okay. So this is weird because I feel like I've gotten to this point. I've always been a little bit of a people pleaser, you know, that's just like been my personality since I was little. But and I, I think as I've gotten older and especially as I became a parent, I really let go of a lot of that oh, because yeah. I went through like, a, you know, all the sort of like all the normal, grown up I- revelations of like, oh, people are going to like you or not like you. Right. You might as well just be yourself and enjoy that. <laughs> right. Um, right. And like, thanks, college. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thanks, college. Exactly. And um, and so as I've gotten older, I've I've started caring less and less about whether people like me. Um, but. Everything, that's all out the window when it comes to school parents, like preschool parents and elementary school parents, like parents of kids who are in class with my kid. Like I have just recently realized that this has been going on for me, that I just like kind of wasn't acknowledging it. But like, (laughs) I just, I'm so, I have so much like, I think I said to you it was the it's the final frontier of my social anxiety. Right. Like I have so much stress about school parents liking me like I'm 11 years old again. Really? Like, yes, because I have and I like I think it's because all of a sudden it feels really 
like it really matters if they like me or not mm-hmm. because I'm afraid if they don't like me, then like somehow that will reflect badly on my kid and they won't want their kid to have playdates um. with my kid or they won't like look out for my kid or they won't oh, do you know what I'm that, saying whereas totally like, I can see that like I, I totally get that like yeah. yeah and like and like the flip side of that is like if it's if I do have good relationships with parents at the school like my kid will get invited to stuff do you know what oh, I mean like it's that's it's totally about like protecting my own kids like, huh, that is really interesting yeah it's I uh, for me yeah I have worked through a lot of my do you like me issues like you Uh, and for me that was easily able to translate into uh, school settings for me really yeah because for me when we got into the preschool situation and then public school and then like elementary school it definitely turned into a it was more important for me to spot a friend to find somebody Mm. that I could hang out with and and like I needed Friendship, because again, we didn't have a lot of friends with kids, mm-hmm. uh, and our, you know, so to have somebody near you, like in your neighborhood mm-hmm. or within the same city limits, right? Mm-hmm. And like uh, with things that you shared, like school or whatever, that became important. And you know, I was very lucky that a friend of mine from the preschool's kid wound up coming to the same school with us, uh, so we maintained our friendship was really nice but then I realized I had to like meet a whole new set of friends with Katie Bell because all the other kids parents went to another school and you just kind of stopped hanging out yeah right yeah and I've never had a sense of like it's so funny and I see this out in the run I hear this when like people are talking about going to school like as parents of school-age kids any hang-up that we had as kids in terms of cliques or who likes this, who likes that. It's amazing how that comes back up at school. Like I've heard mm. people say, well, that's the, you know, I'm using these vague examples, guys, but it's the PTA clique or, mm. or those guys, you know, they're all of the, and I strive really hard to try and not fall into that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because I'm like, I don't have time for, I don't have time, you know what I mean? I don't have time for it. I try and chat with everybody. Mm-hmm. And, but I guess what I find, I guess I'm trying to, what I'm trying to get at is I totally can understand it, right? Mm-hmm. Like I totally understand it. And here's a question. Would, does this help if I say there's lots of parents <laughs> Mm-hmm. of kids that Katie Bell plays plays with or that Ellis plays with, ah, I'm not crazy about. Mm. Like, we, I mean, we're not, we wouldn't be friends in any other situation just because we don't Except cl- that your kids are Right, friends. except that our kids are school. Yeah. Not because, like, we don't, you know, like eating at the same restaurant or something. We just probably, we all have busy lives. I'm not into sports or they're not into mm-hmm. podcasting or whatever, <laughs> right? Like, we just wouldn't I'm normally. I'm friends with other right? podcasters. But we chat, like, we chat enough <laughs> yeah. about, like, you know, our kids and stuff like that. Yeah. But um, it doesn't ever affect how I feel about their kids, right? Mm-hmm. Like, Interesting. It's, I could totally see. Are like, you sure, though? No, I like, really. Isn't it even subconsciously? Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. It never, it's never affected how I feel about the kids. And I try not to think much about the parents, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I try and be like, oh, their kids are really polite. They're mm-hmm. nice. They... Uh, they're respectful, they're funny, Mm -hmm. they're whatever. I wind up liking the kids anyway. But Mm -hmm. I'm like a really great person. You are great. So so I guess some of it, I don't know how much it's in your control. If somebody's just a jerk and is going to choose to not like your kid because 
you like to wear Motley Crue shirts. Teresa loves Motley Crue shirts, guys. She doesn't. Anyway, I don't know what kind of shirt you like. But I'm saying, like, given all this, <laughs> what do you do? What are you doing? Are you trying to do anything? Uh, are you I think, well, actually, I think this is, like, the first step in me, like, getting my act together and, like, chilling out about it okay. a little bit. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because I think, like, for me, if I'm feeling social anxiety I tend to just like not talk to people because mm. I feel like a little bit like oh yeah. I'm gonna like say the wrong thing or oh it just sounds really like tiring and stressful to well, like right. talk to them right now you <laughs> because know because as parents I've definitely found myself super tired out on the playground yeah saying garbage sure Sa- saying either stuff that makes no sense yeah like you would never say it at a cocktail yeah. party and people yeah. look at you like you're crazy or saying stuff that clearly comes out judgmental but I don't mean it because I'm just like my kids doing x y and z totally which clearly could be read as that means I think your kids should be doing X, Y, right? right like, because right, right. you're tired and you're brain. So I totally get the and silence. It's just, yeah. And it's just like, like not really like, cause I don't, I don't know people that well yet. So it's right. kind of like, I don't know. What are we going to talk about? I don't know. It's just yeah. like, it's social anxiety. Like, yeah, completely. it is. But in this one specific scenario. So like, I kind of like, I'm friendly. I'll like smile and wave to sure. people, but like, I'm a little bit, I don't know. I just, I think I'm letting myself I'm letting myself get a little too wrapped up in it Mm. where I could just, I think I could probably get myself out of my head a little bit Mm. and just like, remember like, it's okay, Teresa, people, people like you in the world anyway, like nothing like catastrophic is going to happen chatting with some other parents at pickup. Like, (laughs) well, I think, you know what I mean? You know what? Here's the thing. I actually am experiencing social anxiety as well, but not so much in listening to you talk about it. I definitely have that feeling of, do people like me out in the world, right? Uh-huh. Like, yeah. and am I coming across like I think I'm coming yeah. across, right? Yeah. Or am I actually a total asshole Ugh. and everybody's like, there she goes, what a <laughs> asshole, right? Like, you know, like, and I, th- I go home thinking I've been so nice to everybody, right? Right, right. Uh, and I wonder how much that has to do with just the kind of the isol the parenting isolation that we have because like like I definitely there are a couple of parents uh, at the school right now who like have the three kids and the mm-hmm. new one is it just a couple of months old or in the mm-hmm. first year and I think I don't mm-hmm. have high expectations mm-hmm. for us being best buds right now okay. because I, I know mean. that their brain like yeah. like let's say the daughters come over to have a play date and they're coming to pick up I'm not expecting a massive chatty thing because. Yeah. You know, like you know what they have going on. Yeah, yeah. They know what they have going on. That's I barely am functioning, and mine are yeah. barely functioning human beings now, right? Yeah. But if it's one of those days where I'm spread too thin, I just try and take that into conversations I have with people. And yeah. you're right; lots of them happen at pickup or drop off, where we're just kind of hanging out, yeah. waiting. Yeah. It's really hard to have an expectation that you're supposed to be making all these friends, right? Well, and that's the thing. Like, I'll see, like, other parents talking, chatting, and, like, clearly having a relationship that is more than the relationship that I have with parents at the school. And And I'm wondering, like, okay... Do, can I still join? Like, yes, can I still come say hi? Or is yeah. it, have you guys been seeing each other every day for like months now? And like that would be, and would I be like a weirdo to come now, up? Do I you know what I mean? You like, got it. Like, okay. So, a, I have found lots of people have things that do happen outside of school, especially if they've got an older kid mm-hmm. or kids who are in the system longer. Their kids may play sports in together the in the system. <laughs> 
Welcome to prison. Yeah. I mean, school for the next 18 years of your life. <laughs> anyway, um, they have sports or something, so they're hanging out on a sports thing. Right, right, uh, right. They may yeah. go to church together, so they do, like, lots of stuff. Uh, there'll be lots of times yeah. where I'm like, I wish... I want to hang out with that person more, but lots of times you feel like you can only hang out with them if your kids are hanging out together. Right. So there are lots of like, well, I want to, should we do a play date? Yeah. Like, you know, but like that yeah. can be kind of weird because yeah. schedules get weird after school for people. Yeah. Here's the other thing that I found kind of hard in terms of friendships is your kid, I don't know if this is true at your school, but Katie Bell's now been in three different, you know, first, second, kindergarten, first, and second. And so the class, the kids in her class rotate. Mm, so she right. may have had like a yeah. really good friend right. and you really like the parents, but now you guys now aren't you in the same class. And yeah. it really affects how much you see that person unless you make plans outside of school. So that plays into it a I little think, bit. Yeah. And I think your point about the parental isolation is a really good one. Yeah. Like, I think even though like I know that everybody... I'm talking about is right. a parent. Yes. By definition, these are other parents who like understand because I like just had a baby. I do have a little bit of that. Like, do I have like, is my shirt on? Like, right. do I have like, is my hair like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. that kind of like, am I, can I go in public right now? Right. Can I, can I have a conversation with another adult right now? Like, well, the, do you know what I'm saying? No, like, a, I really try and take the like one bad mother approach of, mm. No one's being friends at me. Right. You know, you got to find the like, and the school actually can set you up for some great conversation points like, hey, when is this due? Right. Right. Like, what are they doing with this? Yeah. Uh, another great one is, do you feel like your kid's learning anything in your class? Right. Like, <laughs> as they get older, you start to worry. Like they're like, that. you know, yeah. uh, there's always a parent who doesn't click with the teacher and they'll be happy to talk to you all day about that while mm-hmm. you may be having a great rapport with your teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, or, I mean, like, it's, I think it's just interesting. And I wonder not only the isolation, uh, the parent isolation plays into this, I wonder how much. Just the same images that we were fed in junior high and high school about cliques and popularity Mm -hmm. and those things, which are movie makers, dude. No one would have gone to see 16 Candles if it was just about everybody getting along, right? Like, that's... That is fodder for movies. Yeah. Well, go find me a movie about parenting where that very same thing isn't shoved on you about cliques in school, like parents, the the rich parents, the, you know, nerd parents. The I mean, it's the same story that's being fed to us. Yeah. And when we're already not socializing the way that we may have socialized at some point in time, or if it was already something that caused us anxiety, mm-hmm. watching that stuff... And then not feeling like you match up to that stuff mm. and then going into a school setting like that's fodder for anxiety. I really think it is. I mm. mean, you know, like, yeah, I, you know, and it depends on what your school settings like and the people who go to that school. And yeah. like, you know, like. I yeah, it, I think it's Every, hard. Everyone, Desi and I have often talked about how, like, 
the parents at our elementary school are all like really good looking. <laughs> like we're like really weirded out by it. Like we're always like, who you know that handsome dad? Yeah. And I was like, which one? Which and he's one? like, oh, you're right. There's so many. Like we're just like, there's so many like, <laughs> ridiculously good looking people. That's probably part of it's my probably, intimidation. But, <laughs> Here come the ugly thorns right. to drop off their horrible monster. See, but again, that's so funny. Like it's <laughs> we really clearly carry with us yes. stuff that was it's, you know, yes like, like who cares i don't know like, why it surprises yeah. us yeah when we're suddenly back in a room with bells yeah <laughs> like in timelines though like this wouldn't be ex- like cause us anxiety yeah if i can i don't know what the fix is for that per se mm-hmm. but I, I i do want to say that i genuinely don't think unless it was like the like most stereotypical John Hughes film ever Mm -hmm. that these people would then take it out on your kids right (laughs) like like I feel like there's another conversation for us to have about do you like my kid right Right? about do you yeah do other parents like your kid the way I don't like half Katie friends kids yeah and that scenario I come up with a good list of things that might annoy other people oh yeah (laughs) when my kid comes to town right so like I think our children have that uh, within their own control, like they're fully capable <laughs> isolating us from other adults. Sure, <laughs> but I don't think our behavior per se would cause that effect. I mean, I just don't. I just haven't right. seen it in the uh, couple of years that I've been in the system, <laughs> seeing mm-hmm. these kids and interacting with other parents. Mm-hmm. You know, I really. Try it again. Keep that mantra of everybody's just doing their fucking best. And like once your kids are in school, it's so overwhelming, like all the juggling that you suddenly have to do. And if you've got other kids, whether they're teenagers or like infants, Mm -hmm. it just is a lot. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing. I think that any of us are talking to each other in full sentences. True. Like at all. True. Like legitimately. Yeah. That are... Maybe you should just take up smoking and go hang out behind the cafeteria. <laughs> One Bad Mother is supported in part by Lyft. Lyft is the ride-sharing company that believes in treating its people better. And there are lots of parents who become Lyft drivers, and it's a great way to pick up a few extra bucks while your kids are at school. Some things that make it easy is they've got the express pay system, which lets drivers get paid almost instantly instead of waiting for weeks. You can also earn hundreds of dollars a week plus tips. You want to make even more money? Drive more. Uh, It's a simple formula. Happy drivers mean happy passengers. Maybe that's why 9 out of 10 Lyft rides get a perfect 5-star rating. So join the ride-sharing company that believes in treating people better. Go to lyft.com slash badmother today, and you can get a $500 new driver bonus. That's lyft.com slash badmother. lyft.com slash badmother. Limited time only. Terms apply. Hey, you know what it's time for this week's Genius and Fails. This is the part of the show where we share our genius moment of the week, as well as our failures, and feel better about ourselves by hearing yours. You can share some of your own by calling 206-350-9485. That's 206-350-9485. Genius fail time, Teresa. Mm -hmm. 
Genius meme. Wow. Oh my God. Oh my God. I saw what you did. Oh my God. I'm paying attention. Wow. You, Mom, are a genius. Oh my God. That's fucking genius. I have a lot to do in the mornings now. Sure. And. And one thing that happens is, like, sometimes, like, I'll get a free moment to, like, take care of some things. Like, the baby's not needing to nurse or the baby is not crying. Yeah. And so I'll, like, real quick be, like, setting out breakfast for my kids, making the lunches, you know, doing whatever I need to do. It's not always, like, at the exact moment that my kids are ready to actually sit down and eat their Mm. breakfast, for example. Um, Normally what they like to eat for breakfast is cereal with milk. Sure. So recently what I figured out was that I could just put out the cereal and put a cup of milk Mm. next to the cereal Um, because otherwise if I prepped it for them, the cereal would get totally soggy soggy, like instantly. Um, But I set it out with a little cup of milk and they get to, when they're ready to eat breakfast, come to the table and pour their own milk into their cereal. And they think it's really cool because yeah. it's like a little job for them to do. And they've gotten really good at pouring, nice. which I feel like is like a, a skill, skill, you know? Yeah. Um, and it allows me to just like really quick put the breakfast out. Yeah. Like without having to worry about, well, they're not ready for that. Should I set it over here? Should I leave yeah. it at the counter? Should I get it like partially ready, but come back to it, you know? Um, so it saves me a lot of time, and it's just like a fun little thing. I like that. That's really good. Thanks. I love it. Okay, so Katie Bell has her first biography, and I just my genius is just that no one cares that I'm making sure she does it. Mm. I'm not doing the work for her, but it does require a parent being like, have you started? Have you read it? Now you need to fill out this paper you know Mm -hmm. now you need to answer these questions and i'm doing it over the course of these two weeks so every day we're touching on it so it's not the panic now a seven-year-old has to do a whole report in like one day which is impossible Mm -hmm. i just realized it's one of those things where i kind of stand there in the kitchen and i'm like i wish somebody would just notice that i'm like on top of the book report i'm not doing it for but just that like i'm like you have to do this. Yeah. That's like a thing. That's great. And I, it's just, anyway, it I would like perfect. to be. You're doing perfect. Thank you. Yes. Yes. Anyway, I just, to all the people making sure their kids are doing their work every night, good fucking job. Good job. Yeah. Hey, One Bad Mother, I'm calling with a genius because I am finally alone. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's been so long since I've been alone. I am out grocery shopping alone. I'm going to the mall alone. I am alone today. It feels amazing. No one's in my front seat. No one's in my back seat. No one's yelling at me. I get to listen to words with songs with bad words. I'm so happy. I hope some other moms out there finally get to spend some time alone someday soon because I am enjoying it. Love the show. Love you guys. We're all doing a great job. Bye. Oh, I love God, it. I, I just feel like sometimes yeah. that is totally. Yes. I just like when she says, I hope everybody else gets some alone yeah. time. Because you do. You're like, it's really great. If you do. Yeah. I hope you do. Yeah. I just, good yeah. job. It's so good. It's so good. Yeah. Enjoy. Enjoy. And you're enjoying it. Good yeah. job. Failures. Fail. 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 You suck. Fail me, Teresa. A few weeks ago, let's see, it was Valentine's Day. So Curtis was <laughs> like 10 days old. I was like in a fit of like able to 
kind of like clean up my kitchen or something, <laughs> I found like a, a bag from like Coffee Bean mm-hmm. and I didn't really recognize it. Okay. And I looked inside and there were two um, little sprinkled frosted donuts, like mm-hmm. mini donuts. Huh. And they looked really cute and sure. really good, but I just had no idea where they came from or like why they were sitting there. Sure. And I was like tidying up. So I was just like, I think I'm just going to throw these away. Like, I don't <laughs> know what these, you know what I mean? They've yeah. probably been like, maybe my mom brought them last weekend yeah. and just like forgot. And like, so I just like threw them away and like smushed them like way down oh, yeah. in the trash. Yeah. And like literally like less than 10 minutes later, got a text from our babysitter being like, oh, by the way, I left for Valentine's Day two little, like a little treat for Grace and Oscar um, in the kitchen. Like, I just wanted to wish them happy Valentine's Day. Oh. Yeah. Oh. And I, I said, thank you. Thanks. I loved them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Oh, that's the worst. Yeah, it really sucked. Uh, I like that this far into the show now, when either of us start saying s- certain setups, the other response is, oh, like yeah. you just like automatically know something bad know is gonna going. happen. Yeah. yeah. All right. So uh, recently, I have needed to uh, get myself some self care by via way of purchasing clothes that aren't the worst. And I had some gift cards left over, and I went out this week, and I made some time. I just told Stefan, I'm going out to do the shopping this week. Goodbye. Go out, and I get. Uh, several very nice, uh, what I call adult t-shirts, <laughs> adulting mm-hmm. t-shirts, and the, I had this beautiful gray one. It's so good. I was, was wearing it Sunday, and I was feeling very like together. Let's go to the farmers market, and we're at the farmers market. And I'm holding Ellis, and suddenly he has a strawberry in his hand, and he starts eating it, and I, I like literally like almost screamed, but I did just shove Ellis towards Stefan, and I was like, you have to hold him, strawberry. I couldn't like, I mean, Ellis was just coming at my light gray, beautiful, difficult to wash adult yeah. shirt with like strawberry mouth yeah. and strawberry fingers. And I thought, uh, yeah. I'm going to get strawberry stains all over this and yeah. it will be ruined in less than 24 hours of yeah. me owning the shirt. Yeah. And I just was like, why would I wear this on a weekend? Right. Like, why would I yeah. do that? Yeah, that's why I shouldn't throw away all You're my not out of the woods no. of parenting. No. Like just because just this because kid gave up the just, bottle doesn't, doesn't mean, mean now you can just wear, wear grown shirts up clothes or yeah. jewelry. Yeah, not expected to be ruined immediately. <laughs> Fail, you guys. Fail. Big, gross fail. <laughs> I just had to call the poison control center. Yeah. Fail. You know those gummy vitamins that look like they'd be really tasty for kids? Yep. They, they sure are. My kids just sat down and had a snack <laughs> of gummy vitamins. Uh-huh. I feel like the biggest asshole on the planet. I knew this. I kept them on top of the refrigerator because I knew it. I know not to do that. I did it. I didn't do it. Obviously, I left the cat off on accident. Or no, I, didn't, I don't even actually know if I got into this. But either way, I ended up having to call the poison control. I feel like a complete tool because that happened. But um, the pharmacist Gordon said they're going to be fine. I didn't even know you called. They talked to the pharmacist. And this is kind of a genius in that um, that 
I thought to call the poison control people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, huh, I don't know. It was sweet. Anyways, you were really helpful. Love what you did. Love your guys' show. Can't wait for Teresa to get back. I hope you're having a great week, and you're doing a fantastic job. Bye. <laughs> I, I love this. Here's the thing, guys, is I know, like, how frightening that feels, mm-hmm. but you called. Yeah. The, that really is. When she that's says, great. I can't believe I thought to call. Yeah. That's true. It's true. It's yeah. true. Yeah. Good I, job. Good I, job. I think my cousins and I used to steal the chewable, like, oh, yeah. Flintstones vitamins. Oh, the Flintstones vitamins. And we would just, just eat them and eat them and eat yeah. them. I don't think anybody ever, ever called <laughs> poison control for us. They were just like, no, don't do that again. Yeah, <laughs> I know, right? Like, yeah. I mean, they're, they are, it is the problem with making things look like candy. Yeah. In order and to incur like and taste like candy <laughs> and come in bottles that look like candy yep. and call them things that are also called candy. Yep. Uh, who's the real monster here? Right. Right. Vitamins. <laughs> uh, well, uh, you're failing at uh, generally having things in your house, uh, but good job reacting the way that you were supposed to. You are the greatest mom I've ever known. I love you, I love you When I have a problem I call you on the phone I love you, I love you One Bad Mother is supported in part by Blue Apron. Not all ingredients are created equal. Fresh, high-quality ingredients make a real difference, so it's important to know where your food comes from. And I love it when my food comes from Blue Apron because that means <laughs> I can cook it. It's not that complicated. And they've pre-portioned all the ingredients for me. And the food is really, really delicious. So for less than $10 per person per meal, Blue Apron delivers seasonal recipes along with pre-portioned ingredients to make delicious home-cooked meals that even Teresa can make. Woo! You can check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash badmother. That's blueapron.com slash badmother. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Teresa. Yes. Let's call a parent. Great. This week we are calling Kira Butler, a senior editor at Mother Jones. Uh, Welcome to the show, Kira. Thank you so much, Biz. I'm so glad to be here. We are so happy to have you here. And before we get into the reasons we have you here, uh, we would like to ask you what we ask all our guests, which is who lives in your house? And my house is myself, my husband, my 14-month-old son, and my dog, Zinni. Ooh, 14 months. You, uh, you've got a fresh one. There's still one that's fresh. That's fresh. That's right. Yeah. That's fresh. Though I would say after 14 months, it feels less fresh probably. It's still you know, like I've been doing this for 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true. It's like we're entering toddlerhood and I'm like, this is the intermediate level. <laughs> it's the high school of parenting. <laughs> uh, this is where you start smoking more and drinking more and, you know, writing on the bathroom wall. <laughs> Well, uh, there you go. Yeah. So uh, we're having you on today because you wrote a piece for a new feature on Mother Jones uh, online called What to Expect, where you took an in-depth look at why we aren't talking about the surprising number of women injured by childbirth. Quick question. Is it because that's not as fun as talking about babies? (laughs) (laughs) 
I mean, if I could talk about babies all day long and there were no such thing as scary things that happened during childbirth, believe me, I would only want to talk about babies. Well, let's let's start with, before we get into like uh, the bulk of it, um, let's talk a little bit about why you wanted to write this this piece or, or yeah, and, and, and get into this. Well, I mean, I think that there are a few reasons. Um, I personally know um, a few people who had really traumatic things happen to them when they were giving birth and they were completely unprepared for it. Mm. Um, and I myself, when, when I gave birth, I pushed for three and a half hours and that sort of got oh. me thinking about what, what is a normal amount of time to push? Um, <laughs> luckily I did not, right. I know. Luckily I did not experience, um, any of the severe trauma that the women in the story that I wrote did. Um, so I consider myself, um, very fortunate in that regard, but still it got me thinking and the more I looked into it, the more I found that, you know, this is a, a an extremely common problem and there's so little said about it. There's so little said by um, by doctors, by midwives, by nurses, and by women themselves just when we're talking to each other. Yeah, no, it's, you know, I already want to go off on 15 different tangents like right now as we start. Me too. Yeah, and, and, we, and we will, <laughs> and we will. But like, I think... It is just hearing the words injury, traumatic, and childbirth does set off our mental, like, alarms, right? Like, I just feel like it makes you go, oh. Whether, whether or not you had a yeah, traumatic. Yeah, whether or not you had one, or maybe you haven't yeah. had a baby yet, or just the idea, all of it sets off a lot of, like, alarms, and it does make it a hard topic to talk about. And I feel like that is true for, and we've talked about this on the show, a number of things uh, surrounding childbirth and the health of the mom uh, is like that. I also just want to say, when you said, I wonder what is the normal amount of time for pushing? (laughs) I think, I think a lot of this is that idea that there is a normal way to have a baby, like that there is one way for a baby to come into this world. I feel like that sets us up for never being able to move past that standard and feel like we had control or we did it the way that it was supposed to be done for ourselves. Does that make sense? I mean, as it turns out with pushing, there is an amount of time over which these injuries seem to increase. But I completely agree that there are so many different ways for babies to come into this world that, you know, and all of them can lead to completely healthy labor and delivery, baby, mom, you know, et cetera. There's no one right way to do this. All right. Well, let's, except when that stork drops it on your head. That is really (laughs) the worst type of baby having injury. Uh, Well, let's start with uh, the medical professionals and I... I'm going to totally use a term that I'm either making up or I'm not making up, like the baby industry. (laughs) Like from childcare classes to the doctors to OBGYNs to, you know, gynecologists, all these people, the books, so many books, yet very few of those books are like, make sure you've got a crib set up. Oh, and by the way, you may have physical problems actually shoving a whole human being out of your body. (laughs) Why, why in your research... What did you find seemed to be some of the reasons that people weren't talking about this as much besides no one ever having babies again? Well, one huge reason <laughs> is that this is these are not 
things that are talked about in med school, like when mm. OBs, you know, learn how to be obstetrician gynecologists, they don't learn about these injuries. You know, these this is sort of right now the domain of um, like physical therapists. Like there are there are physical therapists who specialize in um, pelvic floor disorders. But um, in medical school, doctors are not learning about this, and neither are, you know, nurses who, spe- who specialize in labor and delivery. And, you know, there are probably some midwives are more aware of these things, but um, the role of midwives in labor and delivery is, you know, a huge role in some places and, you know, non-existent in other places. Mm-hmm. So there's this really uneven level of knowledge that the medical profession has about this issue. Well, so that's one thing. Well, that makes me just feel like, you know, sort of, we've talked about this on the show a little bit about how, like, right after you have a baby, how, like, after the first couple of checkups, no one really checks up on other parts of you, right? Like, it's, yeah. like, you're just like, well... Or checks up on the mom at yeah, all. Yeah, checks up really. on the mom at all, right? Yeah. Well, you you had the baby. Like, yeah. you're, you know what to do. Your body yeah. is a magical vessel. They're checking on done. the baby. They're checking on the baby. They're just not checking on you. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, it's true. You know, standard under most insurance plans is that um, your, your newborn gets, like, a million checkups. You know, you, yeah. in the first year of your baby's life, I think it's something like eight or nine well-baby visits. Whereas there's usually one postpartum visit with yeah. your OB that you get six weeks after you've had a baby. And this is the visit where the OB hopefully clears you to go back to all of your regular activities. All and the sex that you want to have. <laughs> all the sex. That's like every OB I ever had after both children were like, now you can start having sex again. And I, I was will, just like, I will that? always, I will always <laughs> be grateful to my OB who after, um, when I went for my OB, for my checkup after having... <laughs> Um, my second child, um, you know, six weeks later, she, her exact words were, so, I mean, you could start having sex again. It might not feel that great. <laughs> and I was like, yes, that is That's honest. That's like, a reasonable you're answer. You're supposed to say this? Like, I hadn't asked. You're supposed to say this to your patients at right. the checkup. But, like, this was her version of it, <laughs> which like, I was like, yes. Who that's... the fuck? Let me just tell you, like, the last thing after six weeks after having a baby was like, oh, just please tell me. I can just nail the shit out of somebody. Yeah. <laughs> out of somebody. Right. Preferably my husband. Right. Like, right now. Anyway, go on. Other reasons they may not tell us. Would it be sarcastic responses from patients? Possibly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think, you know, another huge part of this is that it's just embarrassing to talk about. You know, this um, women you know, even who share everything with each other, like you might not want to say like, well, it feels sort of like my uterus might be hanging into my vagina right yeah. now. Or like, you know, actually when I laugh, I pee. Um, and, you know, some of the people that I've talked to for the story, um, some of the um, specialists who study sort of attitudes toward these problems and told me that it's getting better, you know, that people are beginning to talk more about incontinence and that the stigma is beginning to lift. But like, I don't know. I mean, also like urinary incontinence is one thing, but fecal incontinence, which yeah. is actually pretty common as well, is a whole other thing. Like most people do not want to talk about that at all. Oh, sure. So, you know, that's the <laughs> Pass stigma, the I would say, is another huge reason. Right. Um, another reason, like, that I'm just thinking of right now is that, and Biz and I talked about this before the show, was like, I had this moment 
where we were just talking about having you come in to talk about this on the show, where all of us, we'd been talking about this for a while, and all of a sudden I went, oh yeah, I had a birth injury. Yeah. Like, I forgot. It's like, and it's not because... It's not because I am, like, um, ashamed of it or, like, didn't want to talk about it or yeah. anything like that. It's just that <laughs> nobody ever, like, really took care of me right. about it. And so, like, I never really realized it was like, worth talking later, about that it's like a, I had an injury oh you my know? gosh like, but you know that I just want to I'm about to go off all right <laughs> but this is so true with so many issues specifically relating I'm gonna I'm gonna say specifically relating to women because you know I think about uh, victims of assault and if no one ever talked to them about it they never talk about it and just yeah. becomes this thing that was like a thing yeah that like, you don't realize was something you should have been a furious about or that you needed help about or that you needed recovery for, right you know what i mean or that and like, there was anything to do there, there was yeah. anything to do and i think about the same thing with depression right i think about you come out of uh like postpartum depression is a great example of how you know beware of postpartum depression you might have it and then the moment you start bringing it up a lot of times you can be met with even from your friends or from professionals, it may just be baby blues, right? Like if it's not, right? Like it's, it, there's, you almost have to yell and scream yeah. to say, I need the care and the help. And with things like, with Teresa saying that she kind of forgot because it was never given the treatment that it needed, I think about also along with that, the conversations we do have with each other about birth or being a parent, because I, I when Teresa was sharing her birth story last week, I was like, "Oh, something like that happened to me, right? Mm-hmm. Like that I had just kind of forgotten about. Like mm-hmm. I'd already, I'd already fallen back into that place mentally of both of my babies are fine, I'm fine, so my births were fine, right? Like I'd already kind of forgotten that it was difficult or that there had been problems or complications. I wonder how much that plays into it as well. That we just like it's if you're going to somebody to ask them for insight and help." how quickly we as the person providing help can forget. Well, I, I think that's, you know, part of the problem. One of the um, really smart urogynecologists, that's a, you know, specialist who deals with these kinds of disorders. Um, one of the, these guys that I, I spoke to for the story basically said, like, you know, these are incredibly common injuries and, you know, they're more common than um, an ACL tear, which is something that everybody has heard about and right. that nobody would be like, Oh, well, you know, what do you expect? You run marathons, you're going to tear your ACL. So just, you know, sit there and deal with it. Like for, you know, for this, like people are sort of like, oh, you know, you're getting on in years and you had a couple kids. So this is really what your lot in life, you know, right? it's almost like, like it's considered normal to have these problems as you age and after a few kids. And that, I think, really gets at the crux of this issue. Like, this is not actually normal, and there are things that you can do about it, you know? I'm like you. I've had a lot of friends who've, like, really suffered some major injuries and just kind of accepted it, mm-hmm. right? Like, so... Well, I did yeah. bring it up with my doctor. Yeah. And she was like, yep, some some, some people do that. just feel like they've been hit by a truck after they give birth. Like, that was her response. Right. And I was like, okay. As opposed to this being a really challenging yeah. physical endeavor. Well, that could have also been... Hurt helped. your body. Yeah, it could have been helped. could also have been helped with physical therapy. <laughs> right. And I, yeah. I think, you, uh, Kira, in your article, you also bring up that, like, 
one of the reasons it's not talked about a lot or that plays into it is just that, like, sometimes people don't want to fucking hear it. <laughs> like, like as, yeah. as a woman who had my first child well into my 30s, I was met a lot with it. Well, older, older moms. <laughs> women, women having babies later in life, right, uh, could... You meet some problems, but of course, the only problem they told me was problems that could have happened to the baby, not to me physically. Um, and you know, we don't want to hear it, so we're not listening. <laughs> and doctors don't want to say it because they don't want to be met with, Well, fuck you, I'll have this baby, and everything is going to be perfect, right? Like, there's some cultural stuff, there's some taboo stuff well, to say. Well, that's the thing is that you know. One of the other experts that I talked to in the piece said that it's an incredibly difficult conversation for him to have with, you know, a mom who's like, I hate this term, but geriatric pregnancy. That's me, you know, geriatric like pregnancy. That was That's me. just over 35, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Women over 35, right. So he, you know, it's, it's like <laughs> get my in his research, he's found that, you know, women who are older have a higher rate of these injuries. And that's a hard conversation for him to have because it's not a politically correct thing to say, like, when you give birth, when you're older, it's, you know, that something like this could happen to you. And he's, you know, it's, nobody's saying you shouldn't have a baby when you're older, older than 35. It's just, you know, if we warned women who are older than 35 that, you know, they might have a higher risk of some of these injuries, then it might be less scary for them when one of them actually happens, you know? Well, right. Yeah, it. <laughs> It's look, look, I took up, you know, uh, trying to surf uh, at 40 uh, and it was no surprise that my body had a harder time dealing with that <laughs> sort of physical exertion than it would have if I had done it at like 20. Right. So like why we can't automatically be like, oh, also the physical exertion and demands of having a baby might also be different. <laughs> but but don't you tell me that society. Let's talk, let's talk about uh, how we can get past this. Uh, step one would be finding a different term than geriatric pregnancy. The pro tip to the medical yes, professionals please. out there. Uh, how can we help ourselves get past this? It's a great question. And, you know, in writing this piece, I found out that in France, I mean, this is not actually helpful to anybody who doesn't live in France, but I just thought it was really interesting that People in France, in France are always doing an amazing job, though. <laughs> I know they are. But, they, you know, part of their postpartum recovery is special physical therapy mm. sessions with, like, you know, a specialist in pelvic floor issues. And it's wild. Like, you basically, there's, like, this, you know, I mean, it sounds really bizarre, but, like, video games that you play to, like, basically get your vagina back into shape. I mean, it sounds really, really weird. But Only to Americans. Incredibly <laughs> effective. Yeah. So, you know, it's not like there's no way to prevent these problems or to fix these problems once they happen. Um, a lot of these problems with physical therapy after childbirth can be, if not completely cured, then at least um, greatly helped by the right kinds of exercises and the right kinds of physical therapy, you know? Right. So um, I guess women have to know that that is available to them. That there, are, that there is such a thing as a urogynecologist. You know, most primary care physicians, I think there was, a, there was a survey and they found that 
a lot of primary care physicians don't even know that there is such a thing mm-hmm. as a urogynecologist, which is a specialist for um, pelvic floor stuff. And a lot of people also don't know that there are physical therapists who specialize in this. So, you know, just to sort of get the word out that there are experts who can help, who know about exercises that you can do, you know? Yeah. That would be a, a huge step in the right direction, I think. Well, it's so interesting. It, again, it's just like culturally shifting our brains into not just preparing for a baby up until the moment the baby comes, right? We do all this prep for going into having the baby, but if we gave the exact same energy and focus into your post-care before you have the baby, right? Like we've, you know, we've got, we've had guests on the show, uh, show Courtney Wyckoff uh, with Mama Strong definitely has come on to talk about, you know, uh, a number of the injuries that you can have after having a baby can be treated with physical. She's a physical therapist who focuses on maternal care uh, post having a baby. Um, and then there are cases where it is extreme and it's going to require, you know, physical therapy is not enough, but to even know, I, I think I was I was saying to you, and I said to Teresa, look, there's a lot of information in this piece that you did, and it can be terrifying to know all the things that could happen. But of course, uh, people tell you what's going to happen if you have a C-section. People tell you what could happen if you get in a car drunk, right? Like, we know all these things can happen. So, like, knowing, even if it's stuff that we are scared to hear, I think knowing that information can give us power into not being surprised on the other side, right? Just as simple as saying, I'm going to set up physical therapy, right? Like post having this baby to to help my body recover is a huge step or knowing that these experts exist is a huge step. And I just want to say in the vein of one bad mother where maybe it's us, um, be okay hearing this. When you go to the doctor, uh, be okay hearing this and try not to punch your OBGYN, you know, in the arm when they start telling you things that you may not want to hear, right? Like to really be like, okay, she's not saying these things are going to happen. He's not saying I'm too old to have a baby. He's not saying, you know, worst case, he's giving me information so that I can have more power in this process, um, that's a great point. Yeah, that's a really, really good point. And I think, you know, one issue that I get into in the piece as well is how much information is given to us about the risks and dangers of C-sections. Yeah, you do. This is not to imply that, you know, everybody should have a C-section or, you know, that, I mean, that that's a terrible idea and way too many people already have C-sections, <laughs> but, you know, the risks of vaginal childbirth and of natural childbirth are far less discussed than the risks of C-section. So that's just something to keep in mind as well. Well, yeah, I think it's like, I I think as well, if we're having these conversations with our doctors, and better yet, if we're making them have them with us and say, I know I'm asking you for scary information, I'm still give it to me. I know you may not want to because Mm -hmm. other people have ripped your head off. I promise I'm not going to rip your head off. If you promise me that once I've had this baby, we're going to keep having these conversations, right? Like setting up these honest discussions now with your doctor might really pave the way when things are happening and you're not sure about them after the baby to have good conversations with your physicians. And if your physicians aren't giving you the conversations that you need to have, go get other opinions, right? Like that's a totally reasonable option. You're not going to hurt anybody's feelings. It's, I think... 
I think it's really tough to like juggle that. Yeah, against that's true. The des- against like the on the flip side of that is like I think a lot of women, especially maybe women going into giving childbirth at maybe an older age, mm-hmm. like there is a lot of fear. Yeah, already. Yeah, about that's true. Giving birth and like I think that it's really tough because I know I know for me like with my pregnancies. A lot of times I just really avoided hearing mm. any any ne- like any information about right. what could happen with the birth because I'm like okay, I'm already pregnant. Like yeah. I'm not, like knowing this is going to freak me out right. and make me feel like That's true. this is going to happen and like is that is that helpful to me? So I think like we need to also be aware of that. Yeah. As, like the flip side of this, because I think you're absolutely right. Like it's so knowledge is power. Like I know yeah. that's like a stupid <laughs> thing to say, but like knowledge is power. And like and also like if I had known with my first birth, like going in that like to look out for an injury like that, right. like I might have handled things differently. Right. Um. But. But also, I'm an anxious person. And so, like, it's possible that going into the birth with the fear of this, that, and the other thing, that that might have just like made me crazy right you know? right like, yeah I, it's it's a tough thing because it's like when when to learn about this it's almost like we should be learning about this all throughout our lives oh maybe in a rather a than sexual like, education well, class yeah, or a health class right, right. or yeah. Yeah, i don't know having discussions yes yeah, your just whole life to be o- more open open like more known well open right yeah thing. maybe like, maybe the, some fun pre-bed reading with your new boyfriend or new girlfriend <laughs> 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 when you're let's don't netflix it tonight Let's let's talk about things that might happen to our bodies one day if we potentially ever decide we like, want to have children. I, I almost feel like it's like the main audience for information like this is people who've already decided not to have kids. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like those people are safe because they can yeah. learn all they want about yeah. like the gory details. And then you'll be a buzzkill yeah. for all their friends who want to have kids. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, well, this is, I, Kira, I want to say thank you for writing this piece. It is a, there are a lot of levels with this. Uh, emotionally, I think everybody needs to be aware just to be kind with themselves when they start uh, learning about this stuff. But I think the, the core of this really for me uh, was that we do need to be talking about this more. We deserve to know the good and difficult uh, sides of this so that we can take care of ourselves and we can take care of our partners or our friends uh, and be someone who can listen and help uh, our partners and our friends when this stuff is going on. I mean, it's important. I feel like it's very easy for partners to be like, you're fine. My mother was fine. Right. Like, But if you as a partner also know this, then you might be able to say, oh, maybe we should go talk to your doctor. Maybe we should follow up. Right. Like, and I think as well for women, you can feel very isolating. And if something's happening to have support would make a huge difference in a lot of people's lives, I think. So that was my hope. You know, in writing this piece, it certainly was not my intention to add to the scariness and <laughs> um, anxious mysteries surrounding childbirth. You know, for me, maybe it's because I'm a journalist, but right. having information always makes me feel better. Um, so I wrote this piece so that hopefully women and, as you say, their partners and maybe even, you know, their doctors would read it and start to think about these things and get it out in the open so it's not so scary and mysterious. 
Ah, but isn't that what childbirth is? <laughs> the mysterious beauty of life. Yeah, it hasn't worked out at all. Um, well, thank you so much. We're going to link everybody up to the piece, and as well as everybody should be checking out Mother Jones anyway. It's a, it's a, it's a great publication. Um, and thank you for, for joining us. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This was really fun. You know, I guess maybe not fun is not the right word for this <laughs> topic, but, you know, you guys always bring such um, levity to, to tough topics. So <laughs> to I really the horrors that. of life. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. I'm Allegra Ringo. And I'm Renee Colbert. And we host a podcast called Can I Pet Your Dog? Renee, can I tell you about a dog I met this week? I wish that you would. In turn, though, can I tell you about a dog hero? May I tell you about a dog breed in a segment I like to call Mutt Minute? (laughs) I would love that. Could we maybe talk about some dog tech? Could we have some cool guests on, like Lin-Manuel Miranda, Nicole Byer, and Ann Wheaton? I mean... Yeah, absolutely. I'm in. You're on board. What do you say we uh, we do all of this and put it into a podcast? Yeah, okay. You think? <laughs> all right. Uh, should we call it like I don't know? Can I pet your dog? Sure. All right. Uh, what do you What do you say we put it on every Tuesday on Maximum Fun or on iTunes? Sounds What's good the- to me. <laughs> Meeting's over. What's the deal with Brexit? Have you seen Happy Valley yet? How do British people pronounce Edinburgh, Leicester, or Norwich? Not like that. Are you tired of getting your world news from reliable sources, often with no puns or sexual innuendo? Why was there a butcher's hat haunting Coronation Street? What's Coronation Street, and why is Dave Holmes obsessed with it? International Waters pairs a team of comedians in L.A. against a team of comedians in London in a pop culture battle royale. Join us once a fortnight to hear the best comedians in the world trade jokes and stories and maybe even learn something at the same time. International Waters with me, Dave Holmes. Find it at MaximumFun.org or wherever you download podcasts. Woo! Nothing like talking about difficult aspects of childbirth Mm -hmm. to really liven up a party. Well, you know me. I'm like, let's talk about all of it at a party. That's exactly where we're supposed to be well, talking about that all this that's stuff. Right? Like, right? I think, I think that that, and like, I think pieces like hers, like, will help us get there as yeah. a society. Hopefully, like, yeah. I just think we need to just be talking about it more. Like, yeah. So that it's not that, like, oh God, I heard this thing, right? And now it's totally freaking me out that that's going to happen to me. Like, there's just. There's so many different experiences, so many different kinds of experiences that you can have. And if we're talking about it, then we can support each other and get the help, right? Like, I mean, I really think so much of this is about, okay, how can I help myself later if if this is something that I experience or if this is something I a friend experiences. Yeah. How can I be the one to support them? Totally. Um, so anyway, it's a really it's a really good informational piece. So we will link everybody up to that. Do it also is a good time because look at this baby Curtis on the floor being a peanut, <laughs> being adorable in his courtesy way, is listening to a mom have a breakdown. <laughs> you guys, this is a rant. I am so frustrated with my three-year-old. Everybody talks about how their three-year-olds are so dependent. Just let me do it by myself. Mine is a stinking 
Uh, <laughs> you guys, it's so frustrating. I put the clothes away. They pull the clothes out. They act like their arms are noodles and can't put them back. They don't open doors. See, there's people who have 18-month-olds who can open a freaking door. They actually make safety features to make sure that your kids can't open a door. Mine are, like, like you tell them to open the door, and they hang on it like little noodles and say, I can't, I can't. They say it all the time. I'm so frustrated of being, I am so frustrated of being the slave. Every single little thing they need. They can't put their socks on. They can't put their shoes on. They can't put their shirts on. And they'll just lay like little noodles on the floor. And we will go nowhere. And I'm so frustrated. And I'm sure, I'm sure I've done it. I'm sure. That's parenting karma, right? If you're having a struggle, somehow you've made it so that way they keep doing it. And, like, I just want to hit this independent. Give me a teenager. Give me a fucking teenager. Give me anything other than noodles that can't do anything (laughs) for themselves besides complain and cry and whine and lay on the floor. I'm over it. I'm over it. I don't even know how. I don't know how to. I don't know how to fix it. Other than just make them stay in the room until they open the door. Let them starve to death in there for hours and cry and whine until they can figure out how to turn a doorknob. Yes, she is tall enough. She is tall enough. She's very tall for her age. I have no idea why she can't figure out how to hang on it like an 18-month-old does and pull it open. Anyways. Actually, I guess I feel a little bit better. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Bye. This is so validating for me. Right. This is my this is my issue with my my three year old, and I think I love this noodle thing yeah. that you're doing. I'm gonna start calling him Noodle. I yeah. Think, whenever he's doing this kind of thing, it's it is really hard, and it is really hard not to judge yourself. Oh yeah. You're like, have I not? Have I just been doing everything right. for this child? Like, have I not yeah. done? Like, am I? Are they gonna? Is is it just like I haven't taught them anything? Yeah. Like, it's very. It's very, like, it's grounds for self-judginess. And um, I also like how she kept, like, answering questions that no one asked her. Right, like, she well, is, are they tall well, enough? Well, ta- maybe they're not tall enough. No, yeah. they're tall enough. Well, maybe they're not. No, 18 month olds get it. Well, maybe they're, no, this is the thing. Uh, the frustration of this, and I would like to say, perhaps a fun activity is mm-hmm. to just put your kids in a room and see how long it takes for them to open up that. Because mm. you're like, I'll watch And those. even, like, tell them that. Yeah, like, make yeah. it a game. Like, hey, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to set a timer. What are those mazes that you yeah. have to find your way out that, like, yeah. grown-ups go to, whatever? Yeah, yeah. Like, they, you have to, like, how long does it take you to the get out of this maze? The escape room? Yeah, yeah. It's like an escape room for three-year-olds. Yeah. And which they means have to be dressed before they get the yeah. door open, yeah, 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 yeah. So it's a combination. They have to get <laughs> well, the Well, little victories. Nude opening the door. Could be fine. You're doing a great job. Yeah, you are. Three-year-olds are totally a thing. Yeah. They're like, such a thing. They're a thing. They're really they're a on, thing. They're, if, they're, they're if they are not one thing, thing they're yeah. another thing. And those things are all a lot to deal with. And you're doing a remarkable job. Teresa, what did yes. we learn today? We learned that there can be a lot of pressure that, that we put on ourselves, real or not real, when it comes to trying to make friends in a situation like our kids' schools. And even if we've got it all worked out in other areas of our lives, 
there's something about that school situation that can bring back a lot of stuff for us. And I think we just need to be gentle with ourselves about this. You know, the thing is, is that there's no rule that says we have to be best friends with all of our kids' parents, right? Like all of our kids' parents. There's no rule that says we've got to be friends with the friends of our kids' parents, all right? Like start small, say hi, keep moving. Eventually, there'll be some sort of awkward school situation in which you will be forced to hang out with another parent. (laughs) And if you're lucky, you actually like each other. Right. Okay? And it's really okay. It's really okay. There's a good chance whatever you think people are thinking about you in that school situation, they're not. Mm -hmm. They just aren't. They're too busy being as tired as you and just trying to get through the day. Mm -hmm. Okay? So, so that's okay. We're all okay. Thanks, Biz. Yeah. It's okay. Just don't be too hard on yourself. Yeah. It's hard being social, especially yeah. once you have kids. It's like, yeah. Eh. And it's like every day. And it's like every day. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, for as isolated as I we just are, we're. to stay home today. I know. For as isolated as we are, we're forced into seeing right. people all the time. <laughs> right. All right. Uh, we also learned that the act of having a baby is a true physical act, mm-hmm. as physical as any other you know, exercise or physical activity that we put ourselves in, except kind of by a hundred, okay? Like, I mean, if you were training for an Ironman, you would know all the things that you should do to take care of your body leading up to the Ironman mm. to post-Ironman self-care, right? So true. And you would know possible injuries. You would know how to ask for help for those injuries. You would know exactly what to say with your doctor and what to expect. And 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 we should demand that of ourselves with something like having a baby. If we're going to say that having a baby is some great magical miracle, then we damn well need to treat it as such in terms of the care we need to be given for that. You can't say it's some sort of magical miracle and simultaneously be like, it's the most common thing ever, so just put up with it, right? Like, you can't, that is one of the cases where it can't be both. Right. (laughs) Gotta be the one thing. And it shouldn't be awkward to talk about. Uh, Caring for yourself isn't a bad thing. Asking for care and information isn't a bad thing. And it's okay if it's a lot and it's scary and if it makes you feel uncomfortable. That is why we have friends and partners to go find that information for you and help slowly give it to you in a caring manner. (laughs) Biz, do we have like... A book coming out that people can buy? We do have Or a, pre-order? We do. We have things that are true in both of those cases. The book is You're Doing a Great Job, 100 Ways You're Winning at Parenting. And it comes out this month, guys. It comes out in the 18th. Officially, you will be able to walk into any bookstore and get it. And if it's not there, say, where the fuck is my book? Exactly and then like made that. Just like that. It'll where the fuck great. is my fucking book yeah. on parenting? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but if you're just if you just can't possibly control yourself, you can pre-order it right now where books are sold. Try to use the F word in a polite way if you as can. many polite ways as you can. I've been alone with my baby for a long time. I don't know how to socially interact. <laughs> I don't know why I'm having a difficult time in the elementary Am I being school normal setting right now. Is this fucking, <laughs> Is this fucking how you talk to fucking people? Um, I don't swear around my child. I have to do it at you all day. Uh, so that's happening. Also, 
We're going to be live in person in San Francisco at the Independent this month as well. Guys, tickets are going very fast. So I must encourage you to go to theindependentsf.com, buy your tickets for the show. We are going to be swearing there. Uh, oh, yeah. Live and in person. Oh, totally. Uh, we're going to have such a good time. We're going to be signing books and taking pictures and just hanging out. So uh, please spread the word. San Francisco, April, April 29th. 29th. It's a Saturday night. Yeah. No excuses. Get a babysitter. Get the sitter. It's going to be so fun. Get the friends come together. Come by yourself if yeah. you want. Bring your partner. But if you don't, if your partner doesn't want to come or you want to leave your partner with the kids, Fuck come them. by yourself. Come by yourself. There's going to be lots of people coming by themselves. We're all going to be socially awkward group. together. Yeah. We're all very socially awkward together, gonna guys. We're going to be saying things as if we know how to talk to each other. Yes. It's going to be good. So everybody, you're doing a remarkable job. Teresa, you're doing a really very good job. Oh, thanks, Biz. So are you. Thank you. We'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye. I got to low down mama blues. I got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. You know that right. We'd like to thank Max Fun, Lindsay Pavlis, our engineer, our husbands, Stefan Lawrence and Jesse Thorne, our perfect children who provide us with inspiration to say all these horrible things, and of course, you, our listeners. To find out more about the songs you heard on today's podcast and more about the show, please go to MaximumFun.org. One Bad Mother is a member of the Maximum Fun family of podcasts. To support the show, visit MaximumFun.org and click on Donate. Do you have a genius or fail moment you'd like to share on the show? Then leave us a message at 206-350-9485. Full-on rage-induced rants are also welcome. Well, Daddy, baby, fussing by, not throw down mama blues. Oh, said Daddy, baby, fussing by, not throw down mama blues. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.